Hello and welcome to this episode, episode number two. Woo! I'm Tony, <laughs> the Mouthy Monk, and this is Cassandra. Hi, guys. And thank you so much for listening in today. We talked about what do we want to talk about, and Cassandra had very clear vision, and she gets these. In fact, the other day, I had asked her a question, something I was thinking about, pondering, and she said, okay, let me think about it. And so she went down for her nap, and she told me that what she does is she puts that question into the universe, and she woke up with some directions, some answers. She talked to me, let me know exactly what she had heard, and it was like, oh my God, it was like, it was so right on, it was so accurate, it was so freeing. I'm telling you, she is so amazing and so connected <laughs> and so talented. So she wants to talk about gratitude. And we're going to do that today. And I just, first of all, want to thank you all for listening to our first episode. And all the feedback we've gotten has been amazing. The love you've given us on Facebook, on Instagram, some of my clients emailing me and letting me know. I tell you, it means the world to us because without you, we, you know, this message means nothing. And what was the highlight for sure was I got an email from Anchor FM where I loaded this up. They said, we had passed 100 listenings. Woo! <laughs> and it had like balloons going off. I was like, oh, we made it to the big time. We did. Triple digits, my friends. <laughs> oh, my gosh. that I love the energy today, Tony. I think he is super excited about the topic today actually I'm saying that sarcastically because when I first mentioned it to him um I, I could tell there was like gratitude eh gratitude kind of feeling but then I really what what Tony and I did the reason why we landed on gratitude so before you get all upset and defensive on I know how to be grateful I know how to be thankful that's a simple message okay turn podcast off but what I was hearing in the feedback um, from our first podcast was, okay, all this loving messages about my true self and who I really am and um, all that beautiful information. But Cass, Tony, how do I actually cultivate that love for myself and knowing the true self? And hold on, I have oh. to say this because I've always wanted to say this. Please. <laughs> For the listeners at home, turn off all distractions. Turn off mm. your cell phone. Turn off your computer. Get out a pen and paper. This could be the most important information of your life. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a lot of pressure, I don't know what what is. But uh, no, this is going to be back to basics, but also I'm hoping very moving for you guys. So the topic today, simply put, is gratitude. The feedback that we heard was you just need to know how to get back to your true self. And it starts simply with gratitude. And so gratitude, basically, it translates to thankfulness. And it is fundamental for the mind, body, and spirit. Um, what we spoke about last week was the concept of hyperpresence. And so hyperpresence is a practice of mindfulness that you can do throughout your day. And you just, it's um, a very intense focus on the task before you. So last week I gave the example of as you're washing your hands in the sink and you're doing the dishes, feel the um, warm water go over your hands and hear the sounds in the distance. That is hyper-presence. 
But what you can do is there's a layer to hyperpresence that you can add to it, and that is gratitude. So when you engage your senses, you actually are engaging your fundamental right to be grateful. So this is a gift that has been given to you by God or the universe or source or the omnipotent consciousness, whatever makes sense to you. Graciousness is a, is a state of mind that is your right to exist in. What I would like to say as well, gratitude has many levels. So there's a quiet, peaceful gratitude. There's, there's a kind of, um, a nice middle C vibration gratitude that is an example would be you step outside and the sun kisses your skin and there's something in your back of your mind where you note it. You're like, ah, that's nice. But then you continue on in your day. You're already on to the next thing, but that's still a mindset of graciousness. There was a moment of presence there when you stepped outside and you let the sun kiss your skin and you took time to notice it. And then you move up onto the scale. And if you go all the way up to the top, there's gratitude that feels exuberant and abundant and exciting and um, motivating. And so that kind of gratitude is something that you might feel at a surprise party, or you might feel when you win the lottery, or maybe when you get a promotion, that is intense, high vibrational gratitude. So some people hear the word gratitude and they think, all right, I'll be thankful. Yes, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my daughter. But graciousness is actually a way of life. It's an active mindset that you adopt by adopting hyper What's required with gratitude is a hyper presence in the moment, being mindful in the present moment. And then you add a layer of gratitude on top. So the best way to engage gratitude is to engage your senses. So we have five senses. So we have sight, we have hearing, we have taste, we have touch, we have smell. And so if you're just engaging your five senses in a moment, or even one of the five, you're engaging your graciousness. And it's a simple thing to do. Tony, do you have some ideas of, you know, examples of engaging your senses in order to engage a mindful gratitude? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a meditation that I've often led people through, which is at the end of the day, before you go to bed, to just reflect from the moment you woke up what exactly did you do through the whole day and some people found it really easy they're like oh yeah this is simple and they were able to recall you know with precision everything they did a couple of people couldn't remember anything they did so i suggested that what i'd like them to do to try if they like is going throughout the day some things that Cass mentioned which is simply whatever you're doing i want you to speak it out loud so I'm sitting down at the table, I'm eating breakfast, I'm washing my dishes, I'm brushing my teeth. And so the woman I'm thinking in particular did that. And when she did the meditation that night, it was so much easier. And what she realized was that she was not living in the moment. She was always living somewhere else. And the, the, the topic we're talking about today, gratitude, the reason we're talking about it is because how can you release stress? How can you release these stressful emotions through gratitude? And the problem is that most of us don't live in the present. 
Most of us live either in the past where we're replaying old movies over and over and over again mm. and we're worrying, we're worrying. Or we're thinking in the future and we're living in fear. What if, oh my gosh, and we paint all these dreadful future post-nuclear stories in our head. Mm. And if we were just to come back and actually just be here right now, like as you're listening to this podcast, how many of you are doing other things? How many of you are multitasking, you know, trying to work on your computer? What would happen if you just focused on the words just for the next little bit and brought yourself right here? So to go further with that exercise, what have you been grateful for through the day? So as you're going through the day, wake up, say, I'm grateful for waking up. And I know that Cass had shared with me, and maybe she mm -hmm. can share in a bit, some things she thinks about that she's grateful for, for example, when she wakes up. I'm grateful for the wind on my face. I'm grateful for driving in my Jeep with the windows down and the cold air coming on mm -hmm. and Van Halen blurting on the radio. I'm grateful. And so through the day, you just keep saying, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. And I know that Cass said she does this. When you go to sleep, you rhyme off, what was I grateful for during the day? And all of these things just help you live now. They help you just be here. If you're here, nothing else matters. There's no such thing as fear in the present. There's no such thing as worry in the present. In the present, all there is is now. Mm -hmm. All there is is you. And you're perfect. You're perfection. So if mm -hmm. you can just allow yourself to just be here more, all those other things and those stresses will start to fade away. Yes. And I can hear, I can hear your thoughts and okay, so I'm sitting at the desk, I'm doing work, I'm balancing a spreadsheet, I've got my phone ringing off the hook, my employees have questions for me, and um, how can I be grateful in a moment of what feels stressful to me? How can I stop, pause, and be grateful when it's not something that I'm necessarily enjoying? And so you can actually take gratitude a step back. So remember when I was speaking about the scale of graciousness, you can go down the ladder and you can still be grateful, but you step back and you take it one more step back and you simply observe so observation is also a form of gratitude. So when I was speaking about hyperpresence earlier, it's the same kind of thing, but it's a purposeful observation of your current experience. So if you are sitting at the desk and you are doing your spreadsheets, you become what you do is you become the observer of your current experience. And what you're doing is you're separating yourself from the stress that you are currently experiencing outside of yourself and who you truly are. And so when you play the role of observer, you're stepping into that moment of hyperpresence. You're stepping into the moment of now. And that is enough. So if you're having difficulty finding gratitude in the moment, I, I urge you to just simply observe because over time, observation becomes gratitude. So in a moment of high stress, I encourage you to just observe and be, and then you can work yourself up the rungs of the ladder to lower vibrational gratitude and then upwards to higher vibrational gratitude as you move along. So I, I got to say that what you just said really connected with me 
and about just sitting and observing. And a lot, you know, in my Taoist studies, I'm thinking back to how Qigong started. And mm. you may or may not be familiar with the term Qigong, but you probably know the expression Tai Chi, where people are mm. doing sort of graceful movements. And Tai Chi is actually a martial art. So everything they do, although it looks very graceful, is like a block or a strike. And Tai Chi is the child of Qigong. So Qigong is very, it's an ancient, started in China. Uh, and Qi means energy. Gong mm. me means work. So Qigong is energy work. But how it started was by the, the ancient Taoist masters just sitting and observing nature. They mm. would sit and they would watch how animals moved. They would watch the way that the trees blew in the wind, how they moved, how mm. they yielded, you know, but they kept moving, how the grass blade, the bamboo, you know, how the snake snithered, how, how the owl turned his head. And so through observation and connection with nature, they developed this great appreciation, this immense gratitude for the natural world around them. And so a lot of Taoism is about just becoming more like the natural world, returning to it. And we do that through just observing. The, I remember I was doing an overnight uh, meditation here in the clinic. And I, you know, I've always been a little freaked out by the dark, I'll admit. Mm. And so I'm, before, my, before my 24 hour session here, I go, oh my God, I've never been in, alone in the clinic here at night. Mm. I wonder what it's gonna be like. But I just, it was the middle of the winter and it's crazy. We have a screen, like we have a glass door, sliding glass door at the back here. I'm looking at it right now. So I'm watching the snow come down. I'm watching each individual flake just drifting with the wind, sometimes circling, going back and forth, not fighting, just going with the flow. And, I, and so that teaches me a lesson. It gives me appreciation for just not resisting, for going with the flow. And while I'm there in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, you know, some squirrels come up and then I see a skunk kind of go through <laughs> and then I see some rabbits and I had no idea. I had no idea there was that much wildlife mm. here. So just by sitting and being still and observing what is around me, I developed this increased, increased gratitude. And so now the, the little backyard that we have here at the clinic even though it's off a pretty busy street and there's like a major hospital not too far, it's so peaceful. Mm. And you just have to sit there and let the peacefulness come and the gratitude flow over you. <sighs> that is so beautiful. And another kind of quick tale comes to mind while you shared that, Tony, was... Story time. Story time. I love stories. Actually, my husband says, oh my God, you came from a, a family of storytellers. Dramatic We're like, storytellers, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. And he just closes his eyes and hunkers down because he knows he's in for it whenever he but asks how my day is. Your voice is mesmerizing. <laughs> Seriously. You got to remind my husband of that because <laughs> this morning, actually, he was like, you're talking too loud but so um love you love you sean just kidding <laughs> so he's a good dude he's man. a good dude he's a good dude so the story that comes to mind is i had the absolute privilege of attending um a wedding this past weekend of two people that i have come to pretty much idolize they are who i want to be when i grow up they're so full of love and life and um we were heading home this was in mount tremblant and um, 
This is the first time I've ever been to Quebec. And we were driving down the highway and we were um, bracketed by these gorgeously tall hills that were, you know, they're pretty much mountains. Um, But the entire scape was filled with fall trees that I swear were only two feet apart. And so the entire ridge that followed the highway itself looked furry, almost furry as it undulated and moved with the breeze. And um, anyways, I said to my daughter, she was in the car with us. I said, Scarlett, oh my goodness, isn't that so beautiful? And she says, mama, she goes, it's not beautiful. We're on a highway. And she points to the truck. She's like, there's a truck right there. And this is my six-year-old daughter. And I said, but yes, Scarlett, turn your head and you'll see beauty. And she looked out the window and, and it gave her that perspective. And so what reminded me to share this story when Tony was speaking of the clinic is it's the same kind of example of, okay, I was in this clinic on a busy street by a hospital at night. Yeah, you could perceive that experience as cold. You could perceive that experience potentially as fearful when we take away the light. But if you look outside, you see the snowflakes, you see the little bumbling skunk, you see the squirrels. Um, And I love the metaphor of the highway because it's like you have this kind of messy, busy chaos in front of you. But if you just turn your head, there's beauty beyond. And when I was giving the example of, you know, say the accountant sitting at the desk who's trying to balance a spreadsheet. But if you turn your head, maybe you notice the gorgeous walnut shade of your desk. Maybe the beautiful chai tea latte you're sipping on blows your mind maybe your assistant said hi to you this morning when lately she's been a little bit grumpy (laughs) that's okay if you just turn your head if you just shift your perspective observe and then gratitude becomes afterwards oh i love that and it's like if we could look at the world like a newborn baby, mm. because we become so jaded and we take so many things for granted, mm. right? We take, you know, the fact that we have these automobiles where you can press a button and the window rolls down automatically. Right. I mean, you don't even need keys to start them. Yes. All these things that we take for granted. I mean, I think back when I was a kid. Uh, I guess when my parents were kids, not myself, because I'm far too young. Way too young and handsome. The TV didn't have a (laughs) control. I actually had to get up and I had to get off my ass, walk over to the TV, turn the knob, and it had like rabbit ears. And we got like three stations. And one of them was, (laughs) I remember, it was ABC. And there was always like a fire in Lackawanda, fire in Tonawanda. I wondered why they have so many fires there. And I found out later it was because they all have like old wooden buildings. But Mm. anyway, we take things for granted. And so I sometimes challenge people and I challenge myself. What if we could look at everything like it's the very first time that we've ever seen it, like Mm. a newborn baby? Because babies see and kids, they see everything with amazement, Mm. right? You know, you're saying your daughter loved your hair when it was up in a bun. Like, to, like it's an amazing sight, right? So what if you, I often say this to people, if they're kind of fed up at work, 
I say, okay, go and look for other stuff. Keep, you know, investigate. See what else is out there. See what lights your fire. But when you go back into work tomorrow, I want you to look at it differently. I want you to pretend this is the first day you're at work. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk to the, your coworkers again and get to know them. I want you to look around and see what are things you've never, ever noticed in your office and have an attitude of you're, you're so blessed, you're so grateful to have this job. Yes, in the back of your mind, you may know that it's not enough for you and that you need to change and you may be afraid of change. So you can, you can look stuff up, you can learn more skills, but for now, just change that perception, as Cassie said. Mm, that's so good. You know, incoming another anecdote for you. <laughs> it Can reminds you use me the word bracketed again? That was <laughs> you like the highway that? <laughs> was bracketed. Was... Oh gosh! So right now, listeners, I am currently working on. Um, I enjoy writing as one of my hobbies of kind of how I become present. It's just between me and me, just me and my mind. And so sometimes if I leave writing and I come to do something like this, I'm still in novelist mode and I'm using obnoxiously um, wonderful uppity words, <laughs> luxurious words. Yes, sumptuous words. So what I would like to share is maybe a bit, uh, a story that um, maybe is uh, one that hopefully you can relate to, though the experience might not be the exact, but I know we have all faced difficulty and we have all suffered in our life course. And difficulties, you know, there's an illusion that there is an order of difficulty. And, um, yeah, let me say that again. There's an allusion to the order of difficulty, but in the eyes of the universe, fear is fear and suffering is suffering. All that puts more weight on something is a judgment. And I want to encourage you, and I will share this story, that we can turn difficulty into triumph. We can turn difficulty into gratitude. So when Tony was speaking about looking upon the world as a newborn babe, that is something that I have actually personally have had the privilege of doing as an adult. It was a circumstance that was not chosen by me, at least on a conscious level. Um, But my body had gone into a state of um, shutdown about seven years ago. And I had lost the ability to walk and talk with ease, see with ease. And I was in a state of chronic pain so severe that I was bedridden for nearly three years. And I don't need to get into the details of this because I want to focus on the triumph of this story. And I am still um, walking and healing from the walking out of the journey of chronic illness. And this is year seven. But I do not relate to or see myself as chronically ill anymore um, because of the shift in my mindset. And so when... When I was well enough to kind of exit my bed and enter the world again, very, very slowly, and I felt well enough to make my way down the stairs and sit outside, out back, 
I literally could look upon the world for the first time. The grass was greener and more vibrant. The bird songs, I finally noticed that there were different bird calls and bird songs and bird colors. I noticed the shape of the leaves on each tree was intricate and divinely designed. I noticed smells. I noticed tastes because for so long I couldn't eat anything but broth. And so when I eat things, or eat things, see, see, I can use big words and no words. But when I ate things, I noticed textures. Some things crunched, some things were smooth, some things were warm, some things were cold. And it, I was inadvertently gifted with hyperpresence, though I fought my chronic illness for so long because I was so unwell. When I was finally able to kind of reemerge into the human reality again, um, the experiences became so divine. And it started first, as I mentioned earlier, as observations. So I wasn't smiling while I was observing. I wasn't, oh my God, all my knees and gratitude and supplication. No, I just saw. I saw for the first time. I saw, I observed, I felt, I touched, I smelled, I tasted. And soon, over time, as my pain subsided and my gratitude expanded, then I felt graciousness. Then it was all I could see was just the absolute pleasure of the sound of gravel beneath my feet the feeling and smell of my daughter's downy hair on the top of her head. Everything changed. Everything changed. But it took time, vigilance, and devotion to rewrite the script of which I saw my life. And that is how you turn difficulty into triumph. It's it's really a... it's. It's a kind of, I look at it as a three-step process. So when things don't go our way, it is harder to express gratitude. And I want you to know that that is a natural human reaction to pain and suffering. And Tony and I aren't calling you to forego feeling No, natural. I'm calling you out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Tony is damn, asking you. Damn. <laughs> We're not asking you to to let go of grief or or pain in a blink of an eye. It is natural to go through those motions and feel them and just let them exist as long as they need to exist. But we are asking you to prompt yourself with a question. Um come from the mindset of What is the lesson here? What can I learn from this? And then once we see past the material world, we can just start to observe and let go of the rope that we are fighting with from when things don't go our way. We stop this tug of war that we're having with the external situation and we let go of the rope and we say, what what can I learn from this? Because I am clearly, clearly in this situation and I need to just let go. 
I just want to I want to inject for a second yes. uh, an expression that I remember my shifu had said to us years back, and it was, "Why is this moment perfect?" Mm. And what you just said just brought that. I could just picture him saying that to us. <sighs> Why is this moment perfect? And he was talking about in in particular those times that are hard. Yes. Those times that are troubling. Yes. That really test you. That it's easy to feel like a victim. That it's easy to feel like the world is against you. But just shifting and asking along the lines of what Cassie's saying, like, why? Mm. Why is this perfect for me? What am I learning? What is the lesson here? What am I learning? Mm. And then you're able to engage that observation piece where you just look, but you don't judge and, and don't hold any opinions on the matter. Just yep. let it be. And then eventually what comes is a state of acceptance. Now I'm not saying, and I assume nor is Tony that you just accept <laughs> a bad circumstance. I'm not saying you accept abuse or you accept, um, a, sh- a shitty situation. What I'm asking you to do is you're just accepting the thought or the moment as a teacher that's what's key. So um, can you say that saying again, Tony? Why is this moment perfect? Yes. Why is this moment perfect? Mm. Gosh, isn't that so loaded? Can you feel that? Ask, why is this moment perfect? And I always say to a lot of people that are seeking guidance and counsel, I, I say you are exactly where you need to be at the exact right time. Because there's no other place that you could be. Yes. Does that make sense, guys? I know it's a challenging thought. But what happens is when we accept a thought or moment as a teacher, what happens is it leads to a state of gratitude for the teacher and for the lesson you are learning. And that is the ultimate spiritual journey is is there will be a time where you are grateful for all experiences, whether they be good or bad. And actually, Tony, can you speak about how Taoism frames good and bad and how almost it doesn't frame it? Yeah. So one of the major concepts of of the Tao is that there is no good or bad. There is no right or wrong. Mm. Everything depends on context. And this is a very hard lesson for many people to think about or to accept or to let flow over them but I mean an example I use because you know people people are always judging right saying this is good this is bad and it all depends on what angle they're looking from what Mm. what lens they're looking through what perception they have but very common one is guns you know guns are good guns are bad but guns aren't good or bad you know it's what people do with them but I, I use this example let's say and uh, sorry if this triggers anybody, but mm-hmm. someone has a gun held to your loved one's head mm. and you're 10 feet away from them and you're holding a gun and you can tell that this person is just about to pull the trigger and kill your loved one, right? Is it okay for you to shoot your gun and mm. kill them? There's an order of judgment there. It all depends, right? Right. 
It all depends on the context. It all depends how you see things. I remember that we used to live on a one, like a one-way street, and we, we didn't have a driveway, so we had to park on the street. So as I'm coming from a far distance along, and it was always hard to find spaces, but we're farther, we're far down the road, and I'm looking, and there are no spaces. I am a hundred percent sure of it. There's no spaces, and I go, oh, my, I'm going to circle around. Right. And as I get closer, all of a sudden you see that, oh, actually, there's a little bit of space in between that car. And then you get close and you go, oh, my God, there's a big space there. Mm. There's a big space there just by choosing and, and uh, switching my orientation, my viewpoint. Mm. I saw a completely different thing. Mm. Mm. Again, it's the, yeah, the framework and the context of the experience and um, a saying that keeps popping into my head, Tony, as you're talking is, um, I, I'm going to probably <laughs> butcher this. I am so known for knowing a lot of sayings and then just butchering them, but you'll get the point, <laughs> is the difference between a flower and a weed is a judgment. Yeah, well, it's, it's true. I mean, if you think about grass, I, I see this picture of people having this beautiful lawn, but then there's no butterflies allowed, nothing. And then you have right. people with all these beautiful plants, but that aren't allowed, even though they're, they're beautiful and they would help the environment. So right. in Taoism, there is no right or wrong. There's no black or white. Right. And I always challenge people, before you judge, I want you to take a second and stop. So one thing that my Shifu, a process my Shifu walked us through, if something happened that was tough, was the first thing you got to do is you got to stop. You got to stop and you got to put your emotions down just for a second because we react too easily, right? Mm. You see something on Facebook, you know, oh, that's wrong and I'm right and I'm going to say whatever. So stop and ask yourself, what is really happening here? Mm. And I want you to look at it from different angles and I want you to put yourself in the shoes of others. I want you to use empathy not sympathy, maybe even talk if there was other people, talk to them and find out what did you see yes. before making a judgment. Then once you've decided what's actually happening here is that think about what options do I have? Mm. Because all too often, like when we're st stress is things building up. And when we're in a stressed state, we tend to explode and we tend to see things from one, one angle. So someone says something to you at work. Right? And you take that as they're yelling at you. Maybe they're just trying to communicate with you. I was working with someone, and you know who, who you were if you're listening, and it's a beautiful story, but they were, <laughs> they were uh, talking with the boss, and they both had been sort of having some just challenges, and they both were kind of pulling back a bit, but each of them thought the other was pulling back. Mm. And so she was upset, thinking, oh, my God, he's going to fire me. And she was painting all these worst pictures, and that's what we do, because we don't know what's going to happen. So we get just caught in this, this spiral down, right? Oh, this, this could happen. Oh, if that happens, this is bad, this is bad. And you're no longer able to even judge anything, because you're just looking through these really, really heavy, dark lenses. And it turns out that when they talk to each other, he, he loved her, and he said, you're amazing, and I appreciate everything you do and all mm -hmm. the hard work. And they just needed to connect to each other and see each other from from that different angle. I remember because mm. Cass, when you're talking about when you're talking about seeing the yard after you after you're able to get outside. When I 
you know, years back when I lost my health, like I crashed and I was lying in bed with, with the curtains closed. Like, I was so, I was so depressed. And mm. I ran, I finally made myself go out and I, I went into a donut store and I ran into a, someone I used to know. And I always thought this person was a little off, off the beaten path, you know? <laughs> and I remember she looked at me and she goes, you look like shit. <laughs> I don't thank you. And then you. she said, what donut are you ordering? <laughs> thank you. And uh, she goes, she hands me a flyer and she goes, I'm learning this thing called Reiki mm. and I want to practice on you. And I normally would have laughed at that, but I was so down. I was so, so spent. I thought, okay, whatever. I'll try anything. Life raft. Yeah. yeah. So I went to her house the next day and I remember that it was so crazy. That's, this was my very first ever experience with energy. This was my very first Reiki session. I felt something move in my body. It was so, so weird. It was so crazy. And I felt a stillness. And I remember so vividly, vividly, I'm using, I think that's a good word, it's right? It's a great word, Tony. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes after I, <laughs> I left the house and the sidewalk was bracketed by grass but <laughs> all of a sudden it felt like the whole world had slowed down hmm. and I could see each individual leaf in the tree and it was something hmm. I had never noticed before and so I totally get what you're saying Right. And it made me feel this immense gratitude. And if we can just Mm. slow down and if you've never had an energy session or a Reiki session before, there's so many great practitioners out there. Find someone near you that you trust, that you feel a good connection with, Mm. because Reiki does is helps put your body, you know, or Qigong or energy where you put your body into a, a deep state. And when the body's in a deep, relaxed state, that's when we can let go. That's when we can let go. And the thing is that mm. we have to release all this stress that builds up. Like when we lost our kid, I was so fucking angry mm. at the doctors. I was so angry. I was so sad. I was, my whole body was so tense. Mm. I didn't feel anything for years. I wrote a book that I had initially entitled like The Walking Dead, which was before The Walking Dead, but it was about mm. me feeling like a zombie. Because nothing moved in my body. I felt dead. I didn't feel anything. And I learned from a mentor that I had to release. I had to let go of the anger. I had to let go of the sadness. And so to be a newborn baby, to take new things in, we have to release, though. We have to let go. Let go of the judgment. Let go of the anger. Just breathe. Just let go. Life is not against you. You're not a victim. Life is not happening to you. Life is happening for you. Hmm. How do you perceive it? How can you switch? You can, you can do that by letting go and sitting in silence, hmm. calming your body, calming your nerves. We're all so riled up, man. People are on fight or flight all the time. So many people come in the clinic and their bodies are so tense. And the nerves are working overtime because they're on fight or flight and they've been that way for years and they're totally exhausted. And so they just close their eyes and I tell them, take a deep breath. And I tell them that this room is sealed and protected. And all that's allowed is goodness and healing energy and love 
And so you're safe, and I will protect you. Mm. And when you can let your body go, when you can release all the shit that you've been holding, and you can breathe, that's when you can open your eyes again. And as Cassie's been talking about all this time, take it in, drink it in. There's so much beauty around you. Even look in like a dark, dungy alley, you have a friend so you're safe, but <laughs> there's going to be like some tiny little flower yeah. trying to break through a crack. Take a picture of it. Take a picture of it and put it on your phone screen. And the next time you're feeling down, breathe in mm. that energy. That's a great um, segue, Tony, to speaking about um, shortcuts to raise your gratitude vibration. So when you're giving the example about that, the alleyway, um, you'll, you, there's always something beautiful you will find. And that's kind of, again, similar to the example of, of the highway and the trees that I, I spoke to as well. But I, I want to give, give you guys some really tangible, easy things that you can incorporate into your day-to-day routines to raise your gratitude vibration, which means to raise your hyper-presence to have you live in the now. So one thing I like to do in the mornings is I love music. I know Tony's a big music guy too. Yeah, man. (laughs) So um, the very first thing I do in the morning is I wake up a little bit earlier, not much, 10 minutes earlier than my family. And I I want to stress the importance of gratitude doesn't take great effort. It's a shift in mindset. And so I go downstairs and I tell my Google pod to play whatever the heck I am feeling like I want to listen to. And it can be classical music. It can be acoustic guitar. It can be heavy metal. It could be anything. It could be cake. It could be cake. Oh, guys, listen to Cake the Distance. If you want to listen to a motivating song, that is my jam right now, thanks to Tony. So um, I'll turn on some music and immediately my presence begins. I'm because what we have a tendency to do is in the morning, we wake up and we start thinking about what we have to do for the day. We're getting ready. We're not, we're brushing our hair, we're brushing our teeth, but we aren't even there. We are at work. We are packing our daughter's lunches in our heads. We are doing a thousand things while we're only doing one with our physical body. So when I turn on that music, I'm engaging presence. So start bopping to the beat. I start nodding my head. I flow with the music and then I turn on my kettle. I, I fill it up with water. And so I, and I engage almost subconsciously the act that Tony was experiencing earlier when he said, say out loud, or at least in your head, what you are currently doing. I am filling my kettle right now. I'm putting my kettle down. I've just turned on music. I'm heading upstairs. And so you're engaging your consciousness to be present. And what happens, the beautiful part about, about presence is it actually remaps the brain maps on your mind and on your brain to be present. So just like working out, it takes a great deal of effort right off the top. You have to talk yourself through it. You have to make specific actions to pull it off but what ends up happening it becomes your way of life so just like working out it's hard to do at the beginning but by the time you get into a routine you start craving it it's all you know it's what your body needs it's what your mind needs and it gets easier to lift the heavy weights 
Um, so music is a big one. Nature, we've spoken about that a thousand times. So nature is a good one. Immerse yourself in nature. See the colors, the feelings, all the vibes. Those are definitely two of my favorite, favorite ones, man. I, I Spotify. I remember when I first was on Spotify listening with the ads and then I, I tried it without the ads and had to pay 10 bucks or whatever. I thought this seems ludicrous, but mm, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it without it. Like it's, it's always, I always have it. If I'm walking to my car, yeah. if I ever, like if I'm in clinic and I need, I'm feeling a little tired, I just shift. I put on some music on yeah. my headphones. Uh, there's a ro- there's a song called Telegraph Road by Dire Straits, an old one, and it starts mm. off really slow and it's a beautiful story. And then at the end, it's just like, you know, it builds and it builds and it gets me like this euphoric joy yeah. to get ready for my next session. Yeah. So ask yourself the question, what do I feel I need? So when you say, what do I feel I need? Your body or your mind will answer a certain craving that you have. So it might say, I need a nap. (laughs) It might say, I need to get outside. It might say, I need alone time. It might say, I need some good food. It doesn't matter what it is, but just ask your heart what do I need? And often that need will become an experience of gratitude that you can fulfill. So another one that I love, and I know I've spoken about a few times is food. Food to (laughs) me is one of the most intimate experiences between me and me. And I'm telling you guys, food is the most comforting experience if you're having a hard time emotionally or physically. Um, it can be so comforting and just enjoy the entire experience, the texture, the warmth, the feeling, everything. And, um, just be really mindful while you experience that. Another great one is pets. Or if you don't own a pet or if not, or if you don't have the privilege of being with a pet, um, go to a friend that has one, or just like I said, go out in nature and watch the squirrels. But pets, if you just sit beside your cat and pet them and just be so present and petting an animal or observing an animal, um, that is the most gracious act because it is sharing a space of presence with another conscious or sentient being because animals only live in the now they're not thinking about yesterday they're not worrying about tomorrow they're just in the now just there, there's a Taoist thought nature does not think mm. before it acts it just does <gasps> say that again nature does not think it just like that's why when, mm. when we get to be more like nature more and connect with nature we <sighs> we're always thinking we're always worrying but you know, animals, they just do. Nate, the wind just blows. The grass just grows. Oh, it takes me breath away. Nature does not think. It only does. It does whatever in is in, in its nature. It just, it flows. It is. It doesn't resist. Mm. See, this is what we're trying to cultivate as human beings. Letting go of the chaos. Letting go of the monkey mind. And the... The bridge to your true self here, guys, is gratitude. Um, I want to speak to you about... Oh, you forgot colors. Oh, colors. Orange, He's looking at my Orange, <laughs> baby. I got my orange yes. water bottle here. Surrounding yourself. I know it sounds so funny, people, but colors. If you have a favorite color that you're attracted to, 
just immerse yourself with that color. So for example, sometimes if you wake up and you're just having a rotten day, maybe you've got a headache, maybe you're a little bit tired, you don't feel like going to work. But when you open up your closet, don't dress according to your mood. Dress according to what will lift your vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're looking in your closet and let's say your favorite color is red, pick out that red sweater. Orange, orange, orange. Tony's all orange, but pick out that orange sweater, pop it on, and that will help lift your mood because every time you see that sweater on your body, you're going to acknowledge that you made a mindful choice and it will also raise your vibration in the moments to come. Beautiful. And just as we're saying about this, another thought came into my mind about how we can release stress by switching our energy. And I want you to, for a sec, second, think about what are like a couple of the top things that you're worried about right now, mm-hmm. things that are on your mind that stress you out. A common one, for example, is uh, I don't think, uh, like, I don't know if I can make that payment next month. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's a car payment or a rent payment, maybe finances will tight. Like, I know a lot of people, that's on a lot of people's mind. Yeah, and yes. so if you're filled with worry, you're, you're living in scarcity, right? Yeah. And I remember hearing this most powerful couple of words from one of my mentors Evan Pagan and it was take that worry like write it down what's I'm I'm worried um, can I make this payment next month Mm -hmm. and I want you to just create it into a positive question and I want you to add how so we're going to redirectionalize your mind how am I going to make this payment how I'm going to ensure that this payment is made. And the very question how, it changes your energy, mm. right? And it, it opens you up to receive new signals. It opens you up to allow new thoughts. How? How do I do this? Not can I do this, but how? How can I do this? Or how do I do this? And I think that you'll just find that very action of taking the things you're stressed about, because this is about releasing stress, and just changing it and how it's so freeing. Yeah. It's so damn freeing. Your whole vibration will be like on another level. How? How? Because that brings it into the possibility. Yeah. Oh, possibility. You, so if you imagine you're walking down a path and you're on the path of scarcity and lack and fear. The moment you say how in that example, you are opening up infinite possibilities. You're walking off the path that was filled with weeds and jagged rocks and you're shifting over to the one that's a little more clear. It's engaging in an action that is empowered. And um, another exercise that um, you can engage if you're having difficulty, if you're coming from a place of lack or if you're coming from a place of fear or, or thought processes of, I don't have something. One little trick that I like to do, and it's kind of around the basis of, I'm sure you have all potentially heard of the law of attraction. So the basis of law of attraction is like attracts like. So if you, so everything is energy on a quantum physical level, we, Ooh, ooh you like that <laughs> way. Don't let me get so, the source. Here, <laughs> here we go. So if on a quantum physical level, it, the premise of like attracts like is unity. So, I'll, so energetically and molecular structures 
like attracts like that is the way of the universe. And so if you feel a a sense of lack or you don't have you're you're unintentionally energetically drawing towards you the same vibration out in the universe of the continuum of I don't have. It's a feedback loop that is the law of the universe. And this isn't even a spiritual concept, my friends. This is actually a scientific concept of the basis of quantum physics, which is unity. And so what I encourage you to do is look around you for what you want, because like attracts like. I play this game with myself. I actually pretend that the universe is a catalog, like a magazine, and I make orders. I love I love that. When you told me that, mm. I love this one. Yeah, so I find it really fun. So, for example, when, when my health was a great challenge for me, what I could have had the tendency to do was look at other people who had health and been jealous or envious or angry or frustrated. And there, don't get me wrong, guys, I am not perfect. I had moments of grief and jealousy and envy. But I realized that as my spiritual self grew, that I was I was inadvertently drawing the same energy of lack towards me and need towards me. And instead, I started seeing healthy people and I started saying yes, yes to that. So when my husband came into the room and he was in his workout clothes, I would be yes to that. I want that too. When I saw a woman outside running down the street, I said, yes, I'll take that too. And so like attracts like, so the universe becomes your catalog. A lot of friends of mine, young, I am because I am a young intuitive, very young intuitive and young woman, but a lot of friends of mine um, are in the stage of their life of potentially considering pregnancy. And I've had a lot of friends and family members that have faced challenges with getting pregnant. And so what happens is a lot of my friends have struggled with the difficulty of being around people who have children or who are pregnant when they're having infertility challenges. And what I really encourage this specific demographic is when you see another pregnant woman or you see families with children, you want to say yes to that. Yes, I want that. And you need to feel an intense level of gratitude for that individual because it attracts it upon yourself. And what we realize is that when you're looking upon someone who is cultivating the very thing that you are seeking, is you have to remember that their success is your success because there's only an illusion of separateness between you and the other individual. So energetically, their success is your success. So when you see it, say yes. I agree. I welcome that. And that can be applied to anything. You see a beautiful relationship where a friend's getting married and you want to be engaged. Or if you want to be pregnant or if you want abundance, you want a million dollars a year. Say yes when the nice car drives by. Say yes when you see your boss get a promotion because your happiness for them is happiness for yourself. If you that That is so powerful. I mean, if people take anything from from this podcast episode man that that is so so powerful because i mean we've all experienced loss we've all experienced troubled times and it's easy for the mind to go into a dark place i remember when i was 
when I was down and spent and depressed, I just remember I felt like I was in a mud hole and, mm. and all I could see was mud. Mm. And sometimes all it took was just someone to, to, to grab me by the shoulders and lift my head out for a second and see that, oh, wow, outside of this pit, there's actually flowers and, yeah. and trees. And so when, you know, last year when my hips started getting really bad and I mean, I, w- I walked I rode my bike. I did triathlons up and down Blue Mountain, Black Belt. Like, and so walking was a, was a great release for me. And as my hips started hurting, I, I had to stop walking. And I remember the the first time I saw, you know, this this young couple just, you know, just smiling and walking. And I was, I was immediately felt like this sadness and this, this loss, like mm. something I didn't have. And then all of a sudden it switched and I go, yeah good for you man that's Mm. fucking awesome i love that and i was filled with this this Mm. great hope and we're going to talk about this in another episode but you know i was able to to use that and that energy and that hope and that helped me get over my depression years ago and my heart problems and then using it has helped me my body has shifted in the past two months shifting my diet and i want to talk about this in a future podcast but you know i i can walk in like it's Nothing is ever set in stone. Everything is becoming, and that's that is a really mm. important Taoist thing. Is that nothing ever is, nothing ever is. Everything is becoming. No matter how dark it feels right now, no matter how low you feel right now, just know that that is not a permanent state. That's the yin and the yang, the light and the dark. The day starts off. It gets to become the darkest point at midnight. But just as the clock strikes midnight, at the darkest point of the day, at that very instant, the light starts to come in. Mm -hmm. And the light grows and grows and grows until noon when it becomes the brightest part of the day. And just at that very moment, at the very instant, the little sliver of dark comes in. And so we're always changing. So no matter how bad you're feeling right now, I want you to find that ray of hope. I want you to see that thing that Cassie just said. Shop in the universe. See what you want and bring that in and let yourself know it's okay and it can happen. Because I'm telling you, I, over the years of working on people and experiencing things myself, I have seen absolutely amazing things happen. Like, I have seen people transform. I'll tell you my heart story in another episode, but there's been anything is possible. And our bodies and our minds are so they're so powerful and they're self-healing. We just have to get rid of all the junk. Mm. Detoxify ourselves, get rid of the anger and the sadness and then just bring in the light. Wow. That is such beautiful imagery. The the darkest hour of the night turns into light. I uh, I am so moved by that, Tony. I love, love, love that imagery. The more grateful you feel, the more you have to feel grateful for. It's a constant unfolding. Um, a couple of fun facts for you as we are wrapping up our episode here is... When Tony says our bodies are so incredibly powerful, there is um, there is this experiment I would like to share with you, which <laughs> I've already told Tony about, which is one of my favorite ones. But you might have heard about this. There were 
um, and I might butcher it, so it might not be exact, but the message is, is the takeaway. So there, the, in the experiment, they laid out several cups of water and they had people come up to the cups of water and treat them differently. So the first cup of water, they would scream at in anger and swear at it and be angry. And the next cup of water, they they shamed. The next cup of water, they, um, so, so forth and so on. So one of the cups of water, they had a monk come in and pour love and gratitude and thankfulness into the water. So just with his mind, just with his thoughts. And he, and he looked at the cup of water and he poured this, these emotions into it. Anyways, when, what happened is when they looked at the molecular structure of the H2O under a microscope, the, the structure of the molecules were literally affected by the thought processes of the emotions poured into the cups. So the anger cup of water, the the molecules were fractured and frayed and were jagged and in multiple directions. And but the one that the monk was um, praying over, the molecules were plump and full and collected in its most ideal form of H2O under the microscope. And the reason why this is so powerful, my friends, is that just so you know, our body is 75% water. And so can you imagine the power of your thoughts that it has over your body? So this is a real deal, real time proof of the magic, not even magic, the science of your thoughts and the impact it has on your body. And I'll simply close off with as well that there are many uh, studies done by Harvard and the Mayo Clinic that gratitude has been shown to concretely improve health, reduce stress, help you face adversity, improves your sleep, your mood, your immunity. It decreases depression and anxiety. It can decrease pain and risk of disease. So keep this in mind. When someone says practice gratitude, though it is fundamental and basic, it is one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself. So look at it like a new baby. Like right? a new baby. Be reborn every day. I'm, I'm buzzing right now, hmm. Cass. I am buzzing. I'm so grateful that I met you. I'm so grateful because I say I'm my Shifu somehow helped us meet in this universe in this lifetime hmm. and to be able to do this podcast with you i am grateful and everybody out there i want you to know that i love you i love you deeply hmm. and if you need anything from us we're here for you we have a we have our own instagram page now it's at cassandra and the mouthy monk at cassandra and the mouthy monk on instagram please follow us and we'd love to hear from you because you've given us ideas, things you'd like us to talk about, feedback. We so appreciate you. Yeah, this is for you. This podcast is for you. So please engage with us. Thank you so much. We're grateful for you. And get out there, guys. Love you.